Hi, I'm Kendall Gilding, and this is my 30 Minutes with Orange Sky. Best mates Nick Marchese and Lucas Patchett are the brains behind Orange Sky. It's a simple concept that's restoring dignity to thousands through clean clothes, warm showers, and conversation. When they were just 20, they built the world's first free mobile laundry in an old van to help the homeless. In 2016, they became the first duo to be named Young Australian of the Year, and they were both recently awarded Medals of the Order of Australia. Over the past Last six years, Orange Sky has exploded, expanding across the country and now overseas. This podcast includes a couple of firsts for me. It's the first time I've interviewed a duo, and it's the first time I've recorded Standing Up. That was at Nick's request, very millennial of us. Well, I hope you enjoy my 30 minutes with the boys from Orange Sky. Nick and Lucas, welcome to my 30 minutes. I'm a bit worried about this episode. Can I be honest and say I'm nervous? Absolutely. Jinx. <laughs> <laughs> no laughing. No, there's allowed to be laughing, okay. but that'll take up our time. I don't know why you two, I think it's because you're unpredictable. Dead silence. Excellent. Jinx. All right. So we're sitting at your <laughs> Brisbane office. Um, we're here in Albion. This place is pretty cool. You've got like a full loading dock out the back for all your vans so that you can work on them. Massive space, heaps of staff. You've got a ping pong arena. This is pretty phenomenal. You haven't been operating for that long. How did Orange Sky start? Yes, yeah, so Orange Sky definitely started without uh, the luxuries that we have now and Orange Sky um, but I think some things were exactly the same. So uh, when Orange Sky started, it was Nick and Lucas wanting to find a way to help people. And um, that idea th- sort of came through growing up in high school, um, participating in food vans, realizing that there were people out there in our own backyard that didn't have things that we took for granted, things like a place to sleep at night, someone to talk to, a place to eat clean clothes. So leaving high school, you know, Lucas and I went into different careers and um, something we missed um, was an opportunity to go out and help people. So a crazy idea one day in a cafe in Brisbane to chuck some washing machines and dryers in the back of a van and simply um, drive around and wash and dry clothes for free. And never did we think it would grow to what it is today. And you know, never did we think we'd have an amazing team or, or a great facility um, and you know be surrounded by so many people that want to help us. But um, you know that idea of wanting to go out and help people was there from day one. That was in 2014, so it's less than six years since that moment. It was a bit of a shaky start, though. Is it true? You guys probably didn't even wash your own clothes back then. Yeah, it was one of the funny stories we, we love telling is, you know, Nick and I sort of dreamt this idea up and we, we came, we're like, you know, this is something that maybe can work and can really help people and um, went home, told mum, told dad, like, you know, mum, dad, Nick and I are going to start this charity. We're going to wash people's clothes who are, you know, on the streets and doing it really tough and washing dry their clothes for free out of the back of the van. And the first thing mum says is, how about you start washing your own clothes first? So <laughs> I think that was a bit of a rude awakening and and definitely um, picked up um, the tasks from there and, and got my hands dirty in and started learning, I suppose, on the job. Once you threw a washing machine in a van, you went and just hit the streets and tried to find someone to wash their clothes. That's right. We, uh, you know, got this van to work. We had two washing machines, two dryers in it. We had this massive generator that we were towing around to power everything. We found this tool at Bunnings that let us steal water from taps around the <laughs> around the city. So we're ready to hit the streets of Brisbane and we thought what better place to start than alongside our old school food van. So, um, you know, rocked up nice and early, um, picked Lucas up. Lucas drove because I was too nervous to drive and went down and um, set the van up and, and Lucas's job was to 
get the van all working and my job was to find some washing and um, still remember the, the morning very vividly. I sort of woke up this guy and I sort of said, you know, no, it sounds really, really crazy, but there's a van over there that's got some washing machines in it. Um, do you have any clothes we can wash and dry? And I think Jordan thought I was pretty crazy, but um, after a, a few minutes or so, he um, trusted us with his only possessions in, in his life. And um, we put the washing in and um, Lucas pressed a few buttons and there was a massive bang. And we both sort of looked at each other and there was a big CE on the screen and we didn't know what that meant. So we called up the laundromat company and um, spoke to a guy and, and the technician, Dan, who only a few weeks earlier told us that this would never work, said, we said, morning, Dan, you know, the machines made a bang and it says, see, what does that mean? And he said, critical error, you've broken both the washing machines. And unfortunately, um, that happened two mornings in a row. Uh, we convinced the washing machine company to give us some machines. We went out, Jordan trusts us with his only possessions and we let him down. Um, Sudsy broke. And um, what we realized um, on the third morning when everything worked perfectly and Jordan's washing was underway, that orange guy had very little to do with washing. It sort of had everything to do with while the washing was on, sitting down and, and having a chat. And that's why that, that morning we sort of rewrote our mission to positively connect communities. And um, that mission is now lived out every day by the simplicity of things like laundry and showers, but um, most impactfully through sitting down and having a chat. I love the way you guys talk about people because it's really simple for you that you actually just want to connect with people. And this is a pretty big issue when we look at homelessness, but you're trying to refine it to just something of a point of connection. A lot of people at the time thought this was pretty ambitious, maybe a little crazy. I remember, Nick, we worked together at Channel 7 and I walked past you one day and I, I said to you, what are you doing? You're working on a computer. And you said, oh, I'm making a website. Um, we're going to put some van, uh, put some washing machines in a van and go and wash people's clothes. And I remember thinking, well, that's kind of weird. Like, why would you be doing that? You're a cameraman at Channel 7. So a lot of people would have thought what you were doing is pretty strange. You were 20 at the time. What do you think made you guys different? How did you change people's mind about what you were doing? Yeah, I think it's always, we always often reflect on it and think it's a mixture of, I think, naivety, but stubbornness and and probably some resilience mixed in there as well. So lots of maybe positive things, but some um, some challenging things as well. And I remember, you know, Nick talked about the first company that believed in us and gave us those washing machines. They said, you know, the machines are never going to work in the back of a van. They're not designed to be, you know, they're designed to be bolted down in a laundromat. And the second one was, well, are people actually going to use this in a park? And and how does that, you know, reflect on and how do people access the services like these? And I think for us, what we're really passionate about though is getting through those barriers and actually trying it. It's like, if no one's ever done it, how are we going to find that out? And for, for people to just put those barriers up and say, it's not going to ha- work, it's not going to happen, or you guys are crazy, or you guys are geniuses, it could probably fall somewhere on that spectrum. Um, but once you have something that works, so once we had Sudsy and went through those initial sort of challenges, um, but then once we had it, we had a working prototype, we could then hit the streets, start helping people and have those conversations and really let those conversations shape what Orange Sky was going to turn into. And I think you know, that's what we're really passionate about, what Orange Sky is built on is, is having those conversations to um, continue evolving and not being you know, the reason that we continue evolving our mission and, and our um, offering is, is that we're having those conversations and listening in. So I think that's um, yeah, really central to what we do. Most 20-year-olds are kind of, they're at uni, they're really trying to figure out who they are. You're navigating a new world after school, you might be falling in and out of love, making some bad choices with friends. Was there ever a question over whether you were going to be in this for the long haul? What if you changed your mind? Um, we, we definitely did that. And I think, you know, what was really interesting is we had an absolute blast and still have a blast doing it. So, you know, there's definitely been challenges and there's definitely been 
um, low points and and extreme high points. But I think you know throughout the process, Lucas and I have felt incredibly grateful to um, be doing something that we absolutely love, which is helping people, um, solving problems, and and having fun. And uh, we've been able to meet some extraordinary people and and do some really extraordinary things with the collective community that we we work through. But I think you know there you know, we always talked about a gap year. So you know my my mum, similar to Lucas, when I said I'm starting. This project, mum's uh, philosophy when living with her was that you need to either be earning or learning. And like you said, I, I decided to, to quit was was my dream job um, that I'd sort of seen myself um, uh, for in my whole life um, in, in that industry. And um, I wasn't earning and I had to sort of tell mum that I'd be learning. And, you know, I've learned a, a tremendous amount through um, starting Orange Sky and, and now Orange Sky is a, is a job for Lucas and I. But um, you know, it was meant to be a gap year, uh, which then turned to two. And, um, you know, we, we talked about oh, maybe giving it a go for a couple of years and then tapping out. And I think we're not 100% sure of what the future of Orange Sky looks like for Nick and Lucas and where we fit in. But what we are sure of is that, you know, um, now's the right time for us to be within the organisation and doing everything we can to help the team help as many people as possible. Where do you get that level of confidence? Because I can imagine there's people who are in their 40s and 50s who are considering maybe it's a business or a side hustle, they want to give a go, something like that. You guys seem to have this confidence in spades. How do you feel willing to put yourself out there like that when you could fail? Yeah, I think, like I said before, probably a mixture of stubbornness and naivety once again, but also I vividly remember Nick and I chatting about this and I just got back from overseas. I wasn't at uni. I didn't have a job. I sort of had nothing really happening and we started talking about this orange sky idea and I said, well, let's just do it. Like why, why not? And I think, you know, that moment can be even was less challenging for us in that we didn't have kids and we don't have mortgages and, and all those sorts of things. So some of that, I suppose, challenge is taken away. But I think um, what we always encourage people to do is just to give it a crack and it doesn't need to be, you know, an overbaked massive business plan and hundreds of thousands of dollars and heaps of time. It can just be something as simple as a prototype, something as simple as an idea that can then be turned into something that's real and um, go from there. So I think, yeah, it's it's looking back now, it's those those little moments that we reflect on and, and see. Former Channel 7 newsreader Kay McGrath, she knew you guys when you were quite young and has been with you on this journey almost from the beginning. I've asked Kay why she thinks you are both so successful and to quote her, she says, the lads are driven by a genuine desire to make a difference in people's lives. They're quite aware of the privilege and upbringing they had, and it seems to tap into that concept of paying it forward. You haven't touched on it too much, but you both went to a really good school, and that's when you were exposed to homelessness in our city for the first time. How do you reconcile the privilege and upbringing when you're meeting people on the street? Yeah, I think it's something that, you know, we're on a journey on and I know there's been times in my life and that's a massive journey to go on to to realise the privileges that we are and, you know, we're two um, white males in, in Australia who um, have access to a lot of things and, and tapping off Lucas's point, you know, I think what's really important to why we gave it a go was context and opportunity and I think we've seen that at the start of this year is that, you know, opportunities that we thought were um, inevitable have been thrown out the window with you know global pandemic, incredible bushfires, and so I think what's really important is to keep yourself in in check. And um, you know, Lucas and I throughout the last five years have met people and been able to do things that we never thought were possible. And 
um, we've been able to um, grow um, the opportunity to help people, but also acknowledge that um, the position that we're in is completely different to the position that people who are in our community are, and whether that be um, the supporters who are able to donate to us, the volunteers who are able to give us their time, and the friends that use that service. And I think what's really important to realise is that when we started Orange Sky, we thought it was um, you know, a van going out to help people. And what we've realised along this journey is that um, that isn't uh, one directional. You know, it's not a, a binary transition of, of help. Um, that flow, uh, there's been conversations out on the streets of Australia that um, I'll never forget and they've changed my lives. And there's been opportunities for donors to, um, for their lives to be changed through supporting Orange Sky. And I know for volunteers, you know, um, they're lonely and isolated too. And, you know, an opportunity to sit down on a street somewhere in Australia and have a chat's been, been great. And I think, um, like I said, that's something that we'll continually need to press pause and reflect back on. And I hope that, um, you know, we always talk about empathy and understanding at Orange Sky. And um, just because we started Orange Sky doesn't mean we're experts at that at all. That's something that um, is continually developed and, and continually learned from. You speak about empathy and reflection. I'm curious how you cope with what you're seeing because there must be a bit of a desire to solve homelessness entirely, but you're really only one piece of a puzzle helping people. I know I've got quite a mercy heart, so when I see people struggling, I feel their pain quite deeply and very real. How do you not get overwhelmed after so many years? Yeah, it's a it's a really good question and a question that comes up a lot with our volunteers as well as, you know, you hear and you see and you experience so many heart-wrenching things when you're, you know, you might be walking down the street or you might be volunteering on Orange Sky Shift. And I think what we always talk about is coming back to, you know, our little part in that puzzle. And you mentioned it is that homelessness is such a complex issue. There's 116,000 people here in Australia who are experiencing homelessness and that might be anything from rough sleeping, living in cars, tents, all the way through to, I mean, temporary and crisis accommodation. And that, you know, I think those challenges, what's common across those is that, every single person of those 116,000 has a really unique story, has a really unique background, um, but there's also no one fix or one solution for, for homelessness. There's an incredibly complex web of um, interdependencies and interconnectedness that, that um, cause people to, to get to those situations that they're in. So I think what our part in that is really to, to start and what we continually remind our volunteers of is re- you know your part in that journey. It's you're there to build relationships, to build friendships, to have conversations and facilitate laundry and showers. And that little part of the puzzle can have a big impact in the grand scheme of things. So I'm um, really reminding volunteers that that's, you know, and, and ourselves sometimes that that's our part in it. And although we can't do everything from A to Z to, to support people, we can do our little, our little chunk of the pie and help to um, walk with people through their journey out of homelessness. Orange Sky's expansion has been pretty phenomenal. And we've seen that over the last couple of years, you've got showers in vans as well. And that was a really important part for you guys because you felt that we're cleaning people's clothes, but imagine putting clean clothes back on, you know, yourself when you're not clean. So that was a big piece of the puzzle for you. You've spread across the country. You're now overseas. What do you think has been the secret to your success? I think there's there's lots of elements to it. I think, you know, um, listening is probably the, the key one there in a sense of, um, you know, we um, didn't think we needed a van in Sydney and then um, we listened to that community or, um, you know, we didn't um, think that we could have an impact in remote Indigenous communities and, and now we have three services operating there, um, focusing in some of the most isolated and um, 
sort of health-deprived communities who don't have access to um, those really basic human rights. And I think, um, you know, Orange Sky wouldn't be where it is today without people believing in us. So um, that balance of listening but then also sharing the opportunities and, um, you know, Orange Sky is far from, from Nick and Lucas. It's a community of donors that um, every year give millions of dollars to enable our services to operate. It's our incredible team here uh, that continue to find ways to overcome challenge. It's our remarkable volunteers that put their lives on hold to go out and help. And um, most importantly, it's our friends who trust us every day with their only possessions. And I think that community um, all coming together is really, really important. So, you know, potentially we could have had 50 vans, but if people didn't trust us or if volunteers didn't want to run them. So I think our success is a reflection of um, people from all walks of life coming together and um, connecting. And that's why I think we're so proud of our our mission is that that's being lived um, out every day. You seem distant or wanting to distance yourselves, Nick and Lucas, from the success of Orange Sky. But leadership is such a fundamental point of what's going on here. People really back the two of you. Are you able to recognise the success in yourselves as individuals? I think Lucas is pretty awesome, so. Well done, mate. There's a <laughs> Lucas was just reflection. playing a gong before with his water bottle yeah. and I knew would make a, make a session there. I, I think it's a, it's a challenge that we... Uh, figuring out, I think that Orange Sky and Nick and Lucas is quite is very linked, and and, and it will be linked, and it, you know, it's a massive part. It's the biggest part of our life um, ever so far. So I think it'll always be that, but also the success of Orange Sky shouldn't hinge on Nick and Lucas. It shouldn't hinge on you know us getting up and giving a talk or asking a supporter for for a donation or for inspiring volunteers. It's about um, the community. It's around the concept. It's around the idea. It's around that mission. I think, which is really, really important. So, yeah, as Orange Sky continues to evolve, it's important to keep getting that separation between Nick and Lucas and Orange Sky, but also whilst it is there, and we're definitely going to figure out how to best capitalise on it to get Orange Sky to the spot that we want it to be. So when we can you know, step away, and if that's in five years, if that's in 55 years, um, hopefully not Nick, I, I think. So um, if when it gets to that point that we can step away, we can feel really confident that Orange Sky is going to continue to to live on and, and keep generating stories and conversations for, for years to come, for as long as it's needed, really. Orange Sky aside, can either of you define success for me? It's a great, great question, um, Kendall. And you asked me to give Lucas a bit of a heads up on that, which I forgot which to didn't do. do yeah. <laughs> so Lucas going to have a bit more time to think about it. And I think, um, you know, for success for us, I think, or for me individually, is being passionate about something and being connected. So, you know, there's lots of material things and um, you know, there's lots of amazing things that Lucas and I have been awarded or been a part of. And I think those things will forever be grateful for. But I think that's not how we measure success. Um, success for us is, um, you know, at Orange Sky, the delivery of our mission in a really um, scalable and sustainable way, which is, you know, to positively connect communities. But I think um, individually, it's being connected to those those values. And for me, individually, it's um, helping people, solving problems, um, having a good time, um, you know, having some balance of um, uncertainty and opportunity and that sweet spot in between that is constantly explored. And, um, you know, right now I feel incredibly um, thankful that, that that's present in my life. And you could call that successful, you could call it, you know, luck or all those sorts of things, but um, that's what it means for me. And I think my, I come back to sort of my two of my key values, which Nick touched on a couple of them there, but my two sort of key values that I always resonate with is, is having fun and learning. And I think, you know, for me, success, if I know I've had a successful day or month or year, it knows that I've um, learned something or learned a lot and had had some fun along the way. And I think, you know, that's 
some of those moments that you look back on, I think it's an interesting one talking about success is that when you're talking about learning is that the best time you learn is when you actually fail. And I think so those um, things that you look back on and say, oh, yep, I stuffed that up, but now I know not to do that again or I know that I'm become a better person as a result of that. So I think, yeah, having fun and, and learning something along the way is what I see is when I look back and, and see success. When I look at your success, what I love about it is by nature – your success is actually hinged upon helping other people be successful. How much consideration have you ever given that? I think it's fundamental. You know, um, the the whole purpose of what we're out there to do is to help people. So, um, you know, if we're not doing that, we're, we're not successful at, a, at its minimum form. But, you know, I think we've seen that, say, with our team here is that, you know, when Orange Sky started, Lucas and I put some washing machines in a van and now um, the evolution of that is so much further and there's been so many times in our our lives that, you know, we've looked back and been like, gosh, we did a really bad job at that Um, and we sort of just winged it and um, seeing other people come on to the Orange Sky journey and do things that we could never do um, makes us feel um, very, very um, privileged to, to work alongside those people but also, you know, see people who are potentially at their highest or lowest time of their life and seeing them um, give Orange Sky an opportunity to be a part of that journey, I think is something that, yeah, we'll forever be grateful for. Less than two years after you launched Orange Sky, you became the first two people to share the title of Young Australian of the Year. It had never gone to two people before, so a bit of an honour there. The ceremony was in Canberra. You were presented by the Prime Minister at the time, which I'm guessing was Malcolm Turnbull, yeah? Um, what was that moment like for both of you? Pretty terrifying, exciting, joyful. I think all the emotions wrapped into one. I can remember you know, Nick and I throughout the whole process were like, you know, why are we in this? And, you know, there's all these incredible people that are nominated from all walks of life and we're just two blokes like Nick said who chucked some washing machines in a van and, and had some volunteers jumping in them and driving around them across the three or four cities at the time. And, you know, so throughout the whole process we were, you know, oh, yeah, we'll go to this and have, have a laugh and, and um, you know, try and meet some cool people and, and go through it. And then um, went and I remember the day before Nick and I said, you know, if we actually win this thing, I'll quit uni and you can quit your job and we'll, you know, give this Orange Sky thing a red hot crack. And and um, from there, you know, thinking, you know, this is never going to happen and, you know, this will just be a, a flash in the pan sort of thing. And, and then, yeah, got announced and, um, it was raining, it was cold, and, and Nick and I had to give a speech. It was the only speech we've ever actually written a speech for as well. So um, there's a funny video of me pulling uh, uh, notes out of my pocket. But, yeah, I think for us it was uh, such a cool experience to go through. I think what it did for us is really allow us and give us the licence to focus on Orange Sky and to put all the other stuff that was kind of holding back, I think, Orange Sky a little bit and put that on hold and, and really run forward with it but also from a – Australia perspective, it put a spotlight not only on Nick and I, not only on Orange Sky, but on homelessness, which is something that we're incredibly passionate about. And I think giving that voice or giving that um, perspective of people who are so often overlooked and so often forgotten about and so often you know, not given a voice is really, really important. It's something we're proud to, to do for a year. I've never heard that story that it really gave you that license to charge ahead with this. So prior to that, you know, you were still within a yeah early stages under two years. If you hadn't have won that award, is it possible you might have gone in a different direction? I, I think, you know, Orange Sky has always found a, a need, um, but I think what the award did is it helped us um, scale that quickly. And like I mentioned before, you know, Orange Sky revolves around people being generous and supporting us, people volunteering and, and people 
um, trusting us with their only possessions. And, you know, it was really cool. I can remember the um, night um, that we got the award. Um, we had um, the team down in Melbourne actually watching it with the friends. And, um, you know, that was always a special moment with me because it wasn't, um, you know, the reason we got that award um, was actually for some pretty unfortunate things. And it's that there's a massive problem out there um, in the community. So it's always been a, a hard thing sometimes to digest is that, you know, we're getting recognized for something that shouldn't really exist. So, um, you know, that, that moment was very special for us. And like Lucas said, it sort of um, put us into that spin cycle where, you know, people said, oh, do you want to put a van in Hobart or a van in the Sunshine Coast? Or, um, you know, people still say, you know, we, we saw you a part of that award program and we want a van in that community. And I think that was, um, yeah, really laid that foundation, um, which was already sort of there, but it really um, let us start building on, on that. That also led to you going on to be keynote speakers. I remember the year following you were flying all over the place, speaking for lots of different people. And that's something you went on to do for quite a while. Do you feel comfortable in the spotlight? I think from a, a speaking perspective, definitely um, Nick and I are really passionate about Orange Sky and I think it's really easy to talk about stuff you're passionate from. I can remember you know, back at school and, and being not very good at English and orals and, and those sorts of things and being terrified of, of doing them and now it's so easy for us to talk about Orange Sky because we have you know, this experience of stories and, and things to share that I think um, can hopefully influence someone in, in one way or another. So yeah, being in the spotlight presenting or, or chatting, I think it always for us where we have this almost guilt factor that lies over it is that you know, there's thousands of volunteers out there, there's thousands of donors out there, there's thousands of friends out there that are all part of this Orange Sky community and sometimes we're just this um, almost figurehead that, that has to talk on behalf of all these amazing people. So there's always that underlying thing of guilt but what it comes back to is talking about things we're passionate about which I think um, is really easy. A few weeks ago, you received another huge accolade up at Government House. You were given uh, medals of the Order of Australia. So those you got three special little letters after each of your names, which is incredible. You're 26 now. I mean, it's really remarkable. And the work you do is brilliant. It was a socially distant ceremony. Obviously, we're in the middle of a pandemic. And I'm curious to know what's coronavirus done to Orange Sky? Yeah, I think what coronavirus has done to the world is remind the world of the importance of hygiene and human connection. And you know, every night in Australia, 116,000 people struggle with hygiene and human connection. Uh, one in 200 people are homeless in Australia. Over in New Zealand, one in 100 people struggle with that every day and they struggle with it prior to COVID. But now people around the world, you know, not having access to hygiene or um, not having access to their friends and family, it's been a really interesting opportunity to um, accelerate, I think, extreme understanding. And I think alongside that, um, it's presented Orange Sky with another challenge. And we always talk about challenge being a part of Orange Sky's DNA in a sense that we're working with people at the toughest time of their lives or trying to do some pretty weird and complex things. And as an organisation, we've always chosen to embrace that challenge and not ignore it or not shy away from it and really turn it into an opportunity. And um, unfortunately for um, Orange Sky, you know, we had to make probably one of the biggest decisions um, and hardest decisions for, for Lucas and I and putting our services on pause for, for six months and uh, for six days rather. And what, uh, as an organisation, we've always been challenged by is how do we continually change? So, you know, over the last six years, Orange Sky's changed a lot. And this was a massive change to put our services that are normally at the same time, same place every week on hold. Um, unfortunately, our vans 
um, would have rocked up at places um, and or didn't rock up at places and people would have been waiting. So, um, you know, we always talk about not letting people down and potentially we let people down over those six days. And um, what we've done as a team is um, really looked at how we grow our services now on a really um, safe operating terrain. So our vans are back up and running. We've run, a you know, 117 shifts this week. Um, and we're sort of edging towards that 250 shifts a week mark, which is where we're at prior to, to COVID. And um, our volunteers are, are safer. Our friends are, um, you know, uh, thankful that we're out there operating. And our donors who are financially hurting have shown up and supported us. And we're really thankful for that. And it's just been a, a massive um, roller coaster, and, um, you know, one that um, Lucas and I have been really thankful to lead through. But also, um, you know, that leadership has been a reflection of so many people helping us out. A roller coaster ride indeed, and one that unfortunately we're not at the end of just yet. You are both full of entrepreneurial spirit. You've gone on to have other little side projects along the way. What's next for the two of you? I think from an Orange Sky perspective, um, you know, what we're really passionate about is continuing to grow um, sustainably and, and scalably across Australia and New Zealand and continue to help as many as people as possible and as many people that need it across, across those two countries. For, uh, we're also looking at more expansion into some remote Indigenous communities. So Nick mentioned before, we've got three up and running in sort of Northern Territory in Queensland. So looking at you know, a few more communities that have challenges with, with um, rheumatic heart disease and scabies that you know, hygiene and good laundry practices is such a big part of, of combating those things. Um, internationally, we still get requests, three, four, five requests a week from all countries around the world saying, you know, when you guys come to the US, the UK, Chile, Argentina, um, all these incredible places that you know, we want to find a way that Orange Sky can have a presence or this idea can have a presence in, in those countries in one way or another. And, you know, that doesn't need to be us running the vans and us rostering volunteers, but um, the concept and the idea and the, the, the thinking behind it, I think, is a recipe that can really help people all around the world. So yeah, across those three things, I think we've got our, I know I personally have um, are really interested in pushing through and, and seeing, you know, where that gets us at, at the other end and then um, we'll figure out all the other things along the way. It's amazing you've found a solution to a problem that other countries have and they're coming to you with that as well. Two Brisbane guys in their 20s. Does that blow you away? I think, you know, every day we're reminded of, you know, why didn't someone else think about this? You know, uh, washing machines have been around forever. Cars have been around forever. Unfortunately, people who haven't had access to these things have been present in communities for a long period of time. And, you know, why were we the, the idiots that were like, oh, let's just chuck in the van and, and drive around. So I think, you know, we're constantly surprised by that. And I think um, on the flip side, we're constantly reminded about the importance of those things that we sometimes take for granted, um, you know, a place to have a shower, someone to talk to, um, a fresh T-shirt to put on, uh, things that people all around the world um, have access to. And unfortunately, there are people all around the world that don't have access to them. And um, if we can edge closer to people, um, you know, being even just reminded about the power of a conversation, I think that, um, you know, Orange Sky's done a good job. Just before we go, I want to ask, tell me about your friendship because you're quite a dynamic little duo and you've been on this journey for a while. Do you ever get sick of each other? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think we got some really good advice just after we we won that award in 2016. We went to dinner with this this guy and he was like, you know, whether you guys like it or not, you're a package deal now. So, you know, I don't know, I've seen too many things, um, good things come to come to an end or come un, unstuck because of you know, personal relationships. So he said, you know, you guys need to form a constitution between the two of you and well that's pretty good advice but we we don't write too much stuff down so we're like oh let's maybe have a verbal constitution so we came up with a few points and kind of figured it out and, and worked it out and I think you know 
something as simple as that really has held us in good stead. We definitely have our challenging times from a friendship perspective, from a work perspective, um, and you know, there's so many elements and so many layers that, that go into that. But I think you know, for us, it's continually reflecting on it, continually um, giving that feedback and, and hearing that, having those conversations, I think is really important. So yeah, it's, I'm not going to say it's a, it's, a, it's a rainbow road, but it's um, definitely um, been a good experience. It's wonderful and rare and enduring. So good on you. Nick and Lucas, thank you so much for your time. Keep charging on. We are all cheering for you. And for anyone who wants to donate to Orange Sky or perhaps volunteer, I'll put all the details in the show notes. I know they'd love to have you. Nick and Lucas, thanks so much. Thanks for having us. Thanks for your support, Kendall.